A good Wednesday to you. It is January 19th already. You're locked into Real Talk. This episode is presented by our friends at Bitcoin Well. You may remember last year, they were recognized late last year as one of Canada's top growing companies in the Globe and Mail's third annual business ranking, uh, ranked 172 in the entire country based on their three-year revenue growth of about 254 percent really remarkable stuff we see that growth continue with the opening of their new brick and mortar office down in the city of calgary just downtown uh they invite you to swing on by if you live in calgary you got questions about bitcoin you want to buy or sell it safely securely quickly or maybe you just want to pick somebody's brain about bitcoin you'll find bitcoin well under the sponsors tab at ryanjesperson.com Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Coming up later on in the show, we're going to talk to Lori Kello about elevating your personal brand. You're going to say my personal brand. I'm not an influencer. I don't need to elevate my personal brand. I I think she's going to push back. Lori is uh, quarterbacking this new free online micro course it's a power ed micro course uh, with our friends at athabasca university on elevating your personal brand she's going to join us uh Lori is a, a branding and marketing consultant and uh, she's got a ton of experience in helping people understand the importance of personal brand who is this for who does this concern so to speak and why should you work to elevate it so that should be a really interesting conversation that's coming up in just a little bit we're going to take you out to the mountains today as part of my jasper memories and we're going to review the results of our most recent get real question of the week uh that one is administered you know every single week from our friends at y station our research and strategy partners we asked you to look into your crystal ball and tell us what 2022 looks like to you and we got some great answers some great insights and i'm looking forward to digging in but we lead off today with why is everybody so pissy You'll say that's crass, Ryan. That's a crude word to use. But the fact of the matter is pissy was trending on Twitter yesterday across the country and certainly across the National Hockey League after an exchange between Oilers superstar Leon Dreisaitl and Hockey Hall of Fame writer, longtime columnist Jim Matty Matheson. We're going to get to an online, unscientific, unofficial Twitter poll I currently have going on this. But first, let's tee it up. Lots of reasons for why the Oilers are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now is there is there one thing that you in your own mind you're saying we got to get better at that yeah we have we have to get better at everything would you like to expand on that nope you can do that you know everything why are you so pissy leon hmm? why are you so pissy i'm not i'm just I, answering your yeah question. you are whenever i ask you a question i gave you an answer not very good one okay I have one more for you. Leon, you show your frustration on the ice last game against Ottawa. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure. Good. (laughs) Okay. So not great. We can all agree this is not great. Although I will be honest, uh, already on our live chat, we've got folks like Crazy Fast Eddie chiming in saying Pissgate is actually the best thing that's happened to Oilers hockey in a month. 
well, I'm not so sure about it. Now, I've got my own thoughts on it. I've got my sort of my gut instinct, my knee jerk, like right out of the gates, that thought on it. And then I and then I have my after a few hours thoughts on it. I polled a few friends of mine who currently work in sports broadcasting. Uh, I promised them I would not name them so I could pick their brains for their honest answers. And three for three, all three of them told me that they're on Team Maddie here, that they back Jim Matheson on this one. I said, well, I'm not so sure that the general public is going to lean in the same direction. So I put out an unscientific, unofficial Twitter poll, and we're going to check in on this through the show today. I was keeping an eye on it uh, through yesterday since I put it up, and and I simply just said, out of curiosity, and then I gave you the options, Team Dry, Team Maddie, or We're All Pissy. And checking in right now with 3,012 votes, with 10 hours left in the poll, 64% of respondents are going with Leon Dreisaitl on this one. In other words, it's Jim Matheson that's out of line, and they're siding with Leon on this one. Now, 32% of respondents, one in three, this is pretty significant, 32 have gone with, yeah, we're all pissy. And just 4%, a meager 4%, are siding with Jim Matheson. 4% are on Team Maddie, at least right now. I've got an amazing email from Robert on this. I'm going to get to it in just a bit, but I'm curious to pull my colleagues this morning as well. Sam Brooks, I know that you and Hoyles both watch your fair share of, of pregame, postgame, post-practice interviews between athletes and the scribes that are assigned to cover them on a daily basis. Are you Team Dry, Team Maddie, or we're all pissy on this one? I'm. You know what? I was. I was going to say I was on Team Dry. I'm. I'm going to go into we're all pissy. I. I feel pretty firmly in that spot. This is a charged moment. Nobody's happy right now. The Oilers are in a serious slump. We're all pissy. I like the vote. I would be with you. I'm on we're all pissy. I was telling my personal trainer, Graham Duty, we get together, we hang out on Tuesday afternoons. He says to me yesterday, how are you doing? I said, to be honest, I said, if you want my honest answer, I am 10 out of 10 in a bad mood. I am 10 out of 10 sour today. And I'm just trying to stay positive and smear a smile across my face for the people with whom I interact. But I am in a bad mood, I said. But Duty, the reason you and I hang out, I know I can blow off a little steam. So I wasn't going to break my date with you, but but we're all pissy. I had a truck I had to get in for a windshield replacement yesterday. It wouldn't start. Uh, how did I know it wouldn't start? Because the command start wouldn't work. And then, well, well, so I'll just get in and boost it, right? Nope, because it was plus one degree and raining the day before and then minus 20 and freezing the next day. So, of course, all oh. the doors were frozen shut. I was pissy. Hoyles, you've watched your fair share of athlete interviews on this one. Are you Team Dry, Team Maddie, or we're all pissy? Team Maddie. Yeah, you're Team Maddie. Okay, let's get into it. Well, I mean, come on, boo fucking who? You're a million dollar hockey player and you have to Nine go and sit in front of the, Okay, there you go. Yeah. Point case in point. And you're, you know, being sour grapes because you have to answer a couple questions. I mean, that is part of the deal. That is part of why you sign and part of the drill as an NHL hockey player. Grow up. This was uh, a point made yesterday by one of the sports broadcasters I talked to who said, first of all, uh, she said this stuff happens all the time. Uh, People just don't really realize it. It was uh, when uh, Tim and Sid, or or is it Tim and Friends now, uh, picked up on the story yesterday and said, ooh, they tweeted it out with like the the raised eyeballs emoji. And they were like, ooh, look what's going on in Edmonton. And then it was like, 
Bush went off and then the, the team at Oilers Nation in Edmonton started put they're already making t-shirts uh, those guys just they are on it their t-shirt department must just be like these I, I envision like SWAT team like mobilize mobilize they're getting t-shirts out they were the first ones on Bison King they're the first ones on we're all pissy uh, but that's when it really started to gain traction and, and Sarah I kind of felt the same way in the in the sense that it's Jim Matheson's job to try to get into the psyche of the athlete and to try to pull that quote now a lot of people will argue that Leon Dreisaitl's number one job uh, as the eight and a half million dollar man the, the former Art Ross trophy winner as the top scorer in the National Hockey League and a perennial threat uh, you know that it's his job to perform on the ice and the media stuff that comes with it is is maybe not his number one obligation. And and he, you know, the, the the scribes are poking the bear and poking and poking and he's got nothing left to give. And so he's frustrated. I think Leon kind of started it. Now, of course, this will go way back, right? Like these guys get to know each other a lot. Jim Matheson's been covering the team since before Gretzky. So Jim Matheson's been here forever. He's seen it all. Um, he will not be sort of wowed by the fame. I don't think of Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid. He's been there through Gretzky and Messier. He's been there through a lot of the, the, the sort of the glory years. But when Leon says, I don't know, Maddie, you know, I'll leave that up to you. You're the one who knows everything. Then I think obviously you're going to annoy him a little bit. You're going to annoy Matheson a little bit. Now, now, does it get to the point where we characterize this interaction as unprofessional or does it even matter? I mean, was it unprofessional yesterday on either of their parts? A lot of people are saying Matheson may be a Hall of Fame writer, but the word pissy isn't exactly pro. Yeah, I think when he openly called somebody in an interview pissy. That's like, you know, that like to me, that's where Maddie crossed the professional line. But I like I could see this like I don't want to both sides this, but I can see, you know, just the whole idea of of, uh, hey, you're not performing well. Answer for yourself. Answer for yourself. Come on. Give me an answer. Give me an answer. Like it gets to people. It gets under their skin. I can have some actual empathy for Leon Dreisaitl because, you know, like athletes don't like giving those interviews at the same time. That's kind of baked into making $9 million a year. I love this from Brenna, who asks in our live chat, why are there so many fragile egos? <laughs> That's a fair question. What about yes. this one from, from Denis? Denis says, Dry should have asked Maddie who's the cause of his paper doing poorly. Like, give us names. <laughs> I think that all, that all just goes to show that, that everyone's that pissy. Everyone's pissy. That, one's that like just goes zing. to show. It is. Everyone's pissy. I agree, Hoyles. Mm -hmm. Everyone's pissy. The team is, has, has been, like, not actually, but they're basically, like, in a 10-game losing skid. They've not been good for the last 12 or 13 games. Um, it could have playoff implications. you got the two best players in the world. The fan base is completely frustrated. And, uh, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a pandemic, and there's a fifth wave, and everybody's got Omicron. It seems like literally everybody has it. Oh, yeah, and it's, like, minus 25 in fucking Edmonton, and people can't stand it. This is the time of year where you want to get away. You want to go somewhere hot but if you do you know that some of your friends are pissed off at you for traveling right now <laughs> let's be honest there's that added complication and sometimes it's just difficult for people to get away I mean, Tracy's got a very fair question how many times has Leon already answered that same question in the last six weeks Allison says they spend every day together this is all true Ray says the question should have been asked and answered by owners or at least by the GM and the coach, right? Ray says Dreisaitl's in a no-win situation. He's not going to throw his team under the bus. Uh, that's what Dave Tibbet did, and it destroyed morale. 
Ray, I think, is referencing the Oilers head coach, Dave Tibbet, just the other day saying we didn't get the goaltending we needed. Our goaltending was terrible. Goaltending was lousy. And it, and it has been. And then Miko Koskinen, uh, who's certainly struggled, uh, basically steps up and tells a, a Finnish reporter and it was translated back into English. This is always where the best interviews happen. You've got the Russian that's talking to like the small Russian paper and then somebody hears about it and the translation makes its way back to North America. Tell me what you really think. And then the shit hits the fan. Tell me what you really think. This speaking to my own people interviews when they're back (laughs) in the Czech Republic and they're talking to the Czech TV reporters. So Koskinen gives an interview and basically says, my last six losses, we scored seven goals. I can't score goals. So he basically returns fire and shines the light back on the forwards, on the big money men, right? Koskinen was spot on on that one. Yeah. He really was. He yep. was. Actually, kind of both of them were a little bit right, but it's mm-hmm. just weird when that stuff makes its way into the public eye, right? Yeah, when you start seeing people air their dirty laundry. Robert wrote into us. I mean, Robert requested that this be used for trash talk, but I just want to use it right now. He says, uh, he says, hey, hey, Jim Matheson. Um, by the way, personally, this is now Ryan talking for a second. Maddie's a beauty. Like Maddie's a, a personal friend of mine. We don't hang out all the time, but he's a nice guy. He's a class act. Um, I know that he's probably frustrated. People are saying well, he's long in the tooth. He needs to be retired. Matheson's a skilled writer that's got an amazing body of work. It doesn't mean he was in the right yesterday. So Robert says, Matheson. I saw you ask Leon why he was so pissy, and, and I wanted to take this opportunity to answer that for you. Why am I so pissy, writes Robert? I don't know, Jim. Maybe it's because I re-injured my ankle again walking on a sidewalk because people, people can't be bothered to clear the snow and ice. I mean, because it maybe could it be scared? You know, I'm scared, but my car might blow off the road in this weather, and there's not a spot for me in the hospital because the ICUs are filling up. I, I don't know, Jim. Maybe could it maybe be because the, this ten pounds that I found over the pandemic is is quickly becoming twenty. You know, it may also be the fact that some of us are trying to manage a business with a third of our staff in and out of isolation with maybe a cold, maybe COVID, maybe it's in their heads. Maybe I don't know. They can't get a test. Another third of the staff is just done with the pandemic. And the final third of the staff is taking or planning their vacation time left over from last year. And I, I don't know if I blame them, but that's on top of the I don't know, Jim. Supply challenges. Got to get those orders out, though, Jim. Got to keep that economy going. Jim, I sent my kid to school one day with more than half of the kids in the class in isolation. The teacher just back from COVID infection. That's a wicked fun choice to make there as a parent. But just speculating here, Jim, but maybe I'm tired of having the dumbest person in politics who only cares about himself as a premier. Or maybe I'm pissy because somehow my favorite hockey team with some of the most talented players in the world that I watch is a distraction to all of this. Couldn't find a winner in a three person rock, paper, scissor challenge right now. Ever considered, Jim, that in my mind, I think I'm as positive as Perlini, but I open my mouth and my pissiness just trickles out. But maybe what really chaps my tits, Jim, is in spite of all these challenges, a reporter thinks he has the right to treat one of our star players like a teenager late from curfew. That from Robert. Now, Trash Talk officially will roll out on Friday, and it'll be presented by our friends at Local Environmental Services. For more than 25 years, the team at the company that you've known for a long time as Local Waste has been providing construction, commercial and residential waste and recycling collection across the prairies in Alberta and Saskatchewan. And they are consistently growing their footprint. As a matter of fact, they've got some big announcements coming up in 2022 with regards to the growth of their company, the growth of their brand. They've got the 10-foot bins for small residential projects all the way up to the big 40-footers for those big job sites. If you'd like to see somebody actually compete for your business, get in touch with them today at localwaste.com. 
Ca. We've also been reminding you that this month, the Mike's Meal of the Month at Friesen Brothers is the Alberta Pierogi Pizza. Do I need to say anything more? I don't think I do. It's topped with the thinly sliced Alberta potatoes. They got that just that perfect kick of cayenne, the right amount of cheese. Nobody does uh, takeaway pizzas like Friesen Brothers does. Fresh every time. You'll find them in 16 Alberta communities and always online at Friesen.com. Don't forget, it's 15% off the first of the month for grocery orders over $75. And we wanted to remind you how proud we are to be partnering up. More than proud, I might say lucky, grateful with Yegg Coffee Club every single month. Just before the 15th of the month, we receive our delivery of local Edmonton coffee. It's delivered to our door. Samuel G. Brooks right now is sipping on this month's Yegg Coffee Club Coffee of the Month. That's from the Woodrat Cafe. It's their full moon roast. May I get your honest assessment of this month's Coffee of the Month? I think a lot of coffees are very acidic off the top, and this one is not. It's very smooth. It's very balanced. It, uh, it doesn't necessarily punch you in the face. It's just yes. like, it's just a good, easy drinking cup of coffee. I love your assessment. It's not a face puncher, but it's got some body to it, which I really nice. like. Uh, per the roasters, the full moon roast is natural and washed. It's got the dark chocolate hints with mild nut and a medium sweet finish. So there you have it officially. You can sign up, subscribe to Yegg Coffee Club at yeggcoffeeclub.ca. And you customize your order. In other words, if you want to send it into your workplace, I mean, to be honest, we bring in six pounds a month. Maybe you need to bring in 20 pounds a month. Maybe you need just one. They can make it all happen, plus tasty local treats often included in their monthly shipments with Yegg Coffee Club. Sarah Hoyles, the producer of this show, is, of course, keeping a keen eye on other stories making news. And we'll get to Dr. Dina Hinshaw, Alberta's chief medical officer of health update yesterday. But first of all, um, I okay, I'm not laughing. It's not funny. What's going on? (laughs) What is going on with this restaurant in Red Deer? I know that friends of mine in Red Deer are going for Pete's sake. The eyes of Canada are on Red Deer again. First of all, everybody blamed Red Deer for the World Juniors getting canceled. And now what's going on with this restaurant? Dog photos are what is going on. Dog photos instead of QR codes. So people were able to go into this restaurant in Red Deer and they had the, the server had uh, an iPad or a tablet of some sort, I don't know. And, uh, and they basically were pretending to look at the person's and scan the person's QR code for their vaccine status and turns out dog photos. <laughs> okay. So not great um, for not ideal, not ideal in the context of everybody playing by the rules and everybody cooperating. Um, If it wasn't a pandemic and people flouting the rules in the face of a pandemic that's claimed the lives of of per yesterday, thirty four hundred and twelve Albertans since the start of the pandemic, it might be a little bit more funny. I know that people at Red Deer are getting really frustrated about this, too, because it's a circumstance where you've got. Ah, my apologies to to my central Alberta friends. I don't know the exact numbers, but I think the population of Red Deer is like right around 85, 90,000. It might be more. It's like right in that wheelhouse. So you've got almost 100,000 people that are all getting painted with the same brush. And I know that that's a tough one for them. Yeah, really, really tough. And the restaurant has been shut down until they can prove that they're able to get people um, and, you know, make sure people have QR codes that are legit 
Although, you know, who doesn't love a dog photo? Just not in place of a QR code. Yeah. Like I was going to say, it's a shame that we don't have that as more of a trend of people showing more dog photos. And and even because I, I do think that this show needs to have a commitment to, to treating people equally, uh, whether they deserve it or not. I also do think that we should show some love to cat people, too, even though I don't know that everybody I don't know that everybody's wired that way. But Sam's just sitting here with his face buried in his hands. Do you have any thoughts on this one? I mean, are you just are what you just feeling dogs that, into it? Yeah, That's- well. That's, like what the do- like we, I just, we don't have to be so divisive here. I'm not intending to be divisive. I'm just saying that I I do believe that even though my interest may lie in dog photos, I would be open to viewing cat photos. Oh no 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 no! I didn't mean you. I'm just oh, like the this restaurant. restaurant owner, why yeah, are you yeah, yeah, sullying yeah. the good name of dog photos? I mean, it's like now dog photos have an asterisk next to them. That's not nobody wants that. I think they I think they just wanted to find something that everybody could get on board with, and everybody can use dog photos. So so okay, so the restaurant shut down. In all seriousness. You've got some other places. Um, I'm not even I don't uh, want to name. Well, should I name this place? I don't know if it matters or not. It's a restaurant at VLT Lounge. And uh, and they posted yesterday on their Facebook. Get this starting January 24th. We serve everyone. This bullshit has gone on too long. We will be armed if they try and stop me. This is a public post from the account of a real restaurant and VLT lounge in the province. Starting January 24th, they're going to stop requiring the restrictions exemption programming, the QR code, the proof of vaccination, the ID, and the whole nine yards. Everyone will be served. This is bullshit. It has gone on too long. We will be armed if they try and stop me. This is a restaurant owner. This is a restaurant that's posting this. I don't even know what to make of it. Meantime... You've got Alberta's chief medical officer of health yesterday reporting that just under 1,100 uh, Albertans are in hospital. And of course, uh, we're keen to monitor these stories across the country. But in our neck of the woods, 104 of those Albertans in intensive care. And Dr. Dina Hinshaw says that, you know, they've, they've got to adjust the way that they're tracking these cases let alone the way that they're reporting them to the public. Here's what she had to say yesterday. With regards to measures and steps taken by government, I get the impression that Alberta's top doc is starting to put a little more distance between herself and this government with every media availability. Let me know if you see this through that same lens. I have provided uh, recommendations along the way. Um, and so the, the decisions about managing cases, managing the wave, I, I can't speak uh, on behalf of elected officials about decisions. All I can say is that uh, Omicron is more challenging than anything we have dealt with before, that it is more transmissible, it does cause more breakthrough infections, um, and that uh, the decisions about managing that pressure, again, are not mine to make. That was Dr. Dina Hinshaw yesterday. Uh, by the way, I've got a whole bunch of people in the live chat saying, name the restaurant. Why won't you name the restaurant? Why won't you say who's basically uttering threats? Yeah, I guess I don't know why. It's uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm sitting here going, I don't really want to give them the publicity. But at the same time, if it saves you from walking into that place, it's I'm talking about Grimm's Cafe and VLT Lounge in Manning, Alberta. That's who said they'll be armed if they have any problems with refusing to recognize Alberta's restrictions exemption program. So, Sarah, we've got uh, Dr. Dina Hinshaw saying this yesterday, going basically, listen, I I can provide advice, but it, it's basically not up to me. She's not necessarily spelling it out, or, but am I reading too much into this or do you get the same sense that she's starting to say, hey, listen, don't look at me? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think that she's basically gotten to the point where she's like, I have been getting like dragged yeah. 
for coming up on three, like we're at almost at the three year mark. I've been dragged for the most part, other than those t-shirts for a little, for a hot minute. And, uh, and yeah, she's just tired of, of taking, taking it for them. And I, I don't blame her. Tracy says, Dina Hinshaw sounds pissy. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Very well done. Very well done, Tracy. That's two points for you, in fact. Congratulations. Uh, just go to our website to find out how you can redeem your points. And uh, No, don't. Troy says, I'll never understand any restaurant that proudly and publicly proclaims that they will refuse to follow health guidelines. But Troy, in a certain way, and I'm not justifying it, of course, but it's advertising, uh, depending on who you perceive to be your base. Right. If, if you're going to post about like screw the government and we will fight for your freedom, um, you know, if your market is now, nah, I don't want to say, but I mean, if, if you know, if it's a certain, you know, element of the population that whose views align with that type of stance, then that for you is pretty great advertising. Like somebody in our live chat right now. So that sounds like a post from the Whistle Stop Cafe. Everybody knows that place, right? Now, why does everybody now? Now, a lot of people like me, I'm not going to go into that place on principle because I don't quite frankly appreciate any element of how they've handled what I see as their societal duty, their neighborly duty through the course of this. But for some people, Sam, that's where they'll spend every one of their disposable dollars at restaurants that have been standing up against the man through the course of this thing. Right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, one thing is like, okay, this is a health restriction. This is here to keep people safe. Is this same restaurant being armed when the uh, health inspector shows up and wants to take a look around their kitchen? Yeah, that's such a weird thing to post. Lisa says, I think it's a little late for Dr. Hinshaw to be putting distance in place. The damage has been done. Smurphy says she said that before. And you're right. She said it a couple of weeks ago. It's a trend now, which is why I think it's more significant. Some of you are saying, well, masks and checking for QR codes has been pretty lax everywhere, if we're being honest. Uh, some places, yeah, some not. I've been into a few places, to be honest with you. I mean, what I've done is, is you know, you're sort of doing the thing of like, ah, you got to get your QR. I'm not complaining. You got to get your QR code and then you got to produce your ID. And I'm if you talk to anybody that knows me, I'm so disorganized that I'm like, what pocket is my wallet? What's going, where's my. So I had my QR code and then I had a screen grab like I took a picture of my driver's license and I would shuttle back and forth between the two so it's nice and easy here's my QR code here's my driver's license some places yeah perfect other places are looking at me like buddy is this your first time like we need to see your actual driver's license please and I kind of go all right yeah 100% I'm cool with it am I stretching this too far to draw a line between this and airport security when you're kind of getting hassled going through airport security you know and someone's going to go, oh, Jess, oh, Jesperson, um, the straight, middle-aged, uh, middle-class white guy is worried about getting hassled at airport security. And I'm going to hear from some friends of mine who I'm sure have more uh, challenging circumstances. I'm not going with the woe is me thing here. But as my general experience, if I'm asked in airport security to come on, sir, you get, take off the hat. Uh, come on, man. Lose the belt. Come, please take off your shoes. In a way, it's annoying. And in another way, you go, okay, that's good, actually. I'm glad they're being diligent about it. Like, I appreciate the diligence. It, it lets me feel a little bit more safe about being on the flight, right? It's just kind of the way it goes. So I don't know. That's how I kind of feel about these QR codes. You Let me know what you think about this. I mean, it, on one hand, I'm going, man, I hope we're through all this soon. And on the other hand, I'm just starting to go, I think that we might just have to start living with this for, for the next number of years. Interesting take on that, living with COVID and its impacts and what the uh, you know sort of implications are for our food supply chain 
and for what we're eating and for how much it costs yesterday by Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, who shared his thoughts on the prevalence of COVID-19 over the next number of months. Erica says, I don't go out too much, to be honest, at all to restaurants these days. Uh, But when I have, all of them have asked for the QR code right at the door. Kimberly says, Dr. Hinshaw has been between a really ignorant, conservative rock and a hard place since this pandemic began. I think in general, she's handled things well and she's been muzzled. Some random guy says the airport analogy is probably not the best, Jespo, because we all know airport security is theater. Maybe. I suspect that Dr. Dina Hinshaw, if she is at all interested, will have a book deal waiting for her on a silver platter when all of this is done. Right. Dr. Dina tells all. I think you'd have a lot of people that would be very interested in reading that book. Our friends at Eden Landscaping want to remind you that even though it doesn't feel like it with frigid cold temperatures and, uh, you know, your favorite talk show host bitching about how his truck doors are frozen shut and woe is all of us. We can transport ourselves mentally and even emotionally to what it's going to feel like stepping out in the middle of the summer to your reinvented outdoor space. You look over at that pergola, you look over at the the covered cooking station, and you've got that fresh pizza just going into your outdoor pizza oven as the kids play in the the jetted pool, and the retaining wall is so stunningly featuring your... What flower do we want to go with? Geraniums? I'm picturing geraniums on this retaining wall. Well, for all of that to happen, you got to get the conversation started now so Mike and his team can order your construction materials. Uh, the delays are real, but they can work around them with enough notice. You can find the team at landscapeedmonton.ca. That's Eden Landscaping, proudly family-owned. Our friends at Dairy Queen uh, in Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park, that's the Baseline Road location, along with Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount. want to remind you that this month's deal of the month for Real Talkers is the buy one, get one free promo for the take-home treats that everybody loves, the Dilly Bars and the DQ ice cream sandwiches. Sam and I have going back and forth on who can crush more DQ ice cream sandwiches. Not so far dragged hoils. Sarah, maybe you could be like the referee on this one if you'd be willing. Maybe that could be something because I know that you're a little more partial to the score blizzards. That's kind of more your wheelhouse. Am I excluding you? I had one last night. Did you really? I did. I went and got a score blizzard last night because I was just like... I just had a hankering. It was like minus 28 last night. And you see, this is the power of the score blizzard. You can find them. And when you visit those Dairy Queens, you make sure you let them know that Real Talk sent you. We appreciate the business of Dairy Queen. And I know that they appreciate yours. All right. Let's talk about our personal brand. Uh, For somebody like me, you may go, yeah, I understand your personal brand is essentially your business, right? My brand is what I've worked to develop over the years. So people say, I'd be interested in an interview that that guy does, or I'd be interested in an event that that guy might host. But personal brand is not just applicable to people in the public eye. It's not just applicable to people on social media with these big platforms on Instagram or TikTok, the so-called influencers, or as people prefer to be referred to these days, content creators, Uh, Personal brand is important, applicable to everybody. That's what I imagine we're going to hear from our next guest. Uh, Lori Kello is a branding and marketing consultant, has been doing so for about 20 years now in the marketing and communications industry. And here's where this really gets cool. Lori is part of Athabasca University's free PowerEd online microcourse. It's free. Elevate your personal 
Brand, kind enough to join us this morning and making her Real Talk debut. It's great to see your face and thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So when we talk about personal brand, your personal brand matters. People people have to recognize enough about you, credibility, experience, insight for them to care about what you're going to say right now. Am I understanding the context of personal brand? Absolutely. So my personal brand is built on um, like credibility, doing good work. Um, that is really important to me. And then treating people well in the process. So that's what I built my personal brand on. And I love to, people kind of push back around personal branding. And I love to say, if you're breathing, you have a personal brand, so you might as well make it good and give people something to enjoy and look at. So does this matter to everybody? I mean, is, are, are, there's more than just business implications. I, I would imagine you're going to tell us. Yeah, I think like everyone has a story to share and like, I think we need to figure out how to get those stories out into the world and connect with people. Uh, that's what I help people do because I, I understand how vulnerable it is to share your story. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, like um, uh, when in that section in your, when you invite you onto the show, it says, can you fill out, you know, two sentences of your bio? I was avoiding that for two weeks and I do this for a living, right? Because it's, it's very vulnerable to think about how you want to share yourself with the world. Yeah. Like, like what you want to share, what you want to keep to yourself, how you portray yourself to what degree you let people in. Right. Yeah. And the classic uh, vulnerability versus oversharing, right? Like, you know, you don't want to people keep people feel uncomfortable, but you want to take them along on the journey with you, too. And yeah. I think the other thing people think I have to be posting all the time or I have to have content. And that's not the case. I think just being a good person in the world and figuring out what you value and the value you bring to people in the workplace is where the magic really happens and and where people start to pay attention and take note of what you're up to in the world. Uh, Lori will kind of spell this out for the people that are going to be listening to this majority of them on the podcast. Uh, everybody that's watching on YouTube can see uh, over your shoulder the sign believe. Yeah. And I think we've got a lot of Ted Lasso fans in the house because they're curious for your insights into the reference there and, and how it might apply to what we're talking about today. I know that show came out. Oh, I think I watched it halfway through the pandemic and it changed my life. Like I felt so seen as a leader. I think he is so courageous and vulnerable and he like he's always how I've wanted to be in this world. And I've always had feedback that I was too emotional or there's no crying in advertising it. And I'm a very emotional person. And I finally like about 10 years ago, decided to just be myself in the world. And so when I watched Ted Lasso, I felt so validated that I could really be myself in the world and that was okay. And, and to really be confident in who I was and who, what I'm bringing. So let me, let me, uh, oftentimes our live chat just does such an amazing job of fueling the conversation. And so I want to pull a couple comments here at random and have you respond to them. Patrick (laughs) says, I'm not a brand. I'm a human being. And Hawes says personal branding is contrary to my introvert sensibilities. So should Patrick and Hawes care about what we're talking about? Or for some people, will this be an irrelevant conversation? Yeah, some people just won't care. And that's okay. <laughs> but uh, there, I did this big talk. My sister-in-law set me up with her company to talk about personal branding. And I did this ridiculous thing where I Googled right before. And I saw all these horrible things about how personal branding, like Sheryl Sandberg was like, personal branding is irrelevant. You're not a product. I, I get that. Wait, wait, wait. Um, the CEO of Facebook says you're not a product or a brand? 
She's like, and then when I was looking at what she's put out into the world, she's the most curated personal brand that I could think of really. Right. And so I get that you're not a product and you're not a brand. You are a person, um, but you do have a reputation, right? And you can't control your reputation, but you can influence it. So you, you might not be a product. You might not be those things, but like, you're still interacting with people everywhere you go. Like, do you want to be connected? To, I like, I love going to my coffee shop because I have a relationship with those people and, and I know them by name. And like, I'm known as somebody that's really friendly in the world and connects really easy. And I love being known for that. So why wouldn't you want to share those things or, or have people experience what it's like to be around you in a positive way? Lori, I was having a conversation uh, literally earlier this week with somebody uh, who was asking me about, um, you know, for little advice. And I'm not saying that I'm the expert. You're the expert. But on on how much to share as a business owner, because the fact of the matter is he's really struggling and he's a hard on his sleeve kind of a guy. And he's built up the, the support for his business in large part is this community, this like army of supporters that rally behind him. And they've supported him in different business ventures. And, and oftentimes I'm sure he sees waves or, or like ripples of support when he puts it out there when he lets people know that he's struggling but the concern of course or at least one of the concerns is that you're also portraying the business and maybe even yourself um as i hate to use the word unstable but weak compromised flimsy uh fragile and these are words that he was using to me uh, how do you how do you kind of sort that out with regards to, to the degree uh, of what you share, how you share it, when you share it? I would imagine we probably have to isolate this question, even in the context of a pandemic, because we're playing by completely different rules right now. I don't think there are rules. I think you just have to authentically be yourself. I think people are rooting like and they want people to succeed. And so you have to share your message. Um, how do you know if you're oversharing, though? Like, how do you how do you know every once in a while I see a business owner taking a public stance on something going, oh. Call me. No, <laughs> I <laughs> smart lady. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I think like you have to surround yourself with wonderful people. So I have people in my life that I, I check in with and I say, like, is this too much? And, you know, is this oversharing? I even ask them, what's it like to be around me? Good and bad, right? And so I can take that feedback and, and figure out how I want to message myself in the world. And I think if it comes from the heart and it's authentic, people will, will see that. And, you know, the overshare or the too far, uh, yeah, people tend to kind of raise a flag or it makes them uncomfortable. Um, but I, I think you have to build a community around you that you can check in with and that will, you know, keep you honest and, and you know, so, yeah, I think this is a good message to put on the world or, hey, maybe we, we need to rethink that. A little yeah. Bit. So, so if people want to take something away from this, and they're going, I they're going, I'm not even sure what the potential of my personal brand is. But what I do know is I want to start by elevating it and yeah. making sure that I'm on the right track and that I'm taking the right steps and that I have the right goal in mind. I mean, obviously, I would recommend that people check out the free power ed course at athabascau.ca and, and we'll talk about that. I mean, it's free. Why wouldn't you? But what are a couple of key things that people should keep in mind in the context of elevating their personal brand? I think you have to keep in mind that um, like a lot of perception is that people think that you know, personal branding is just for higher ups or that it's a narcissistic behavior that you're sharing your story. Um, 
And I think there's another thing that your personal brand and your company's personal brand, sometimes they don't jive. And that's always a, a flag for me that you need to maybe look at what you're doing or how you're showing up. But I think the biggest work I do with clients is I, I help them figure out their values. So what they really care about in the world. And then when they are clear on what they value, so I value community, I value connection, I value um, great conversation, right? And so when I know what I value, then I can share what I value with other people and then it becomes valuable to them. Mm. And then you let yourself be known for those things. Um, and I'm not saying you have to post on LinkedIn all the time, all the wonderful things you've done. Like sometimes it's just being a really supportive person. And I go on every day and I like, and I comment and I validate people's thoughts. Sometimes it's just being like a hype person or a supportive role in the community to make people feel like, you know, they're putting out great things into the world. So I think that's one thing I would start, you know, um, go online and, and say some nice things, you know, it comes back in spades to me too. It's like when I give, I get, and it, it builds a supportive group of people that want you to do well. Yeah. It's fascinating what a social media experience can be like, right? When you have five minutes in your day and you just drop into your platform, like you're like waiting to pick up some food or you're gassing up your vehicle or whatever it is. And I, I find that sometimes I'll, I'll pop into Instagram and I'll see, I mean, based on the accounts that I follow, I'll see like some beautiful golf courses and I'll see some scuba diving shots and maybe some friends that are on vacation right now uh, that have gone somewhere hot. And you're like, nice. And you like the photos and you encourage people. And then and then there are other times where you can like pop into Facebook for five minutes and someone has died suddenly and someone's just been diagnosed with something and somebody's just lost their job and somebody had to unexpectedly euthanize their pet the other day. And it was just like, <laughs> it, it, there's some emotional heavy lifting, right? That can come with the, you know, these, but I, but I do think that sharing with people and almost commiserating together, we let off our show today. I mean, lightheartedly talking about how everybody's pissy right now, you know, based on this interaction between Leon Dreisaitl and, and a report and a journalist, Jim Matheson, but, but it kind of feels that way. And, and that emotional heavy heavy lifting maybe the burdens made a little bit lighter by people doing what you talked about people popping in and just sprinkling some positivity around yeah i call it um like the other day i went on and i was in a bad mood and i was like oh ugh. i was like really judgmental of people and then i stopped myself and i was like shower people with love right now it's a dark time it's hard out there if people are putting out things into the world like i just i want to support them and encourage them and you know um be that person. And I know things are heavy, like there's sadness all the time, but there, there is joy and knowing that you care is like, that's part of being building a personal brand too. Yeah. Right? We're getting, in the conversation. We're getting some great feedback from people. And I know that this is kind of broadening outside of the idea of elevating personal brand. Uh, but, you know, for example, Linda says it's very easy to shine up your image on social media, but you're feeding into that kind of perfection image of yourself or your business. And this can create feelings of inadequacy by third parties um, and it cannot be useful or, you know, it could be unhelpful. Um, we've seen that. I mean, research has shown that for some teens uh, in particular, it seems like teen girls uh, platforms like Instagram there's research that shows that they can actually be really damaging uh, to young people with regards to self-esteem, their understanding, their perception of the world around them. Uh, you touched on LinkedIn. I love these types of conversations when you talk to people about branding and the platforms that are important to them. Uh, some people will say they live and die by LinkedIn. Others will say that they just can't see any value in LinkedIn whatsoever. There's people that have sworn off Facebook and deleted their accounts years ago. They're a lot of people, I think, that have you know moved over to TikTok from Instagram, and then there's the diehards on Twitter. Um, did I see correctly that you're not even on Twitter? 
Lori? Yeah, yeah. Twitter hurts my heart. I can't do it. It's <laughs> like you're too gone. Late. You're not even yeah, on there. I, I think I was on there with that little egg about 10 years ago. And I was like, this is not for me. I, um, for me, I love visuals. So um, Instagram was a choice for me for my, my brand. And then LinkedIn is how I get work. I have, I've gotten three jobs through LinkedIn. Uh, so for me, it's a really good channel. But yeah, when you said we're promoting the show on Twitter, like I'm not on Twitter. I, I just did, didn't need one more time suck. And I I just, I can't deal with that kind of negativity sometimes. And, and I felt that that was like coming up for me. Um, mm. I have dabbled in the TikTok space and I love it. I think people are so creative um, and it, it brings me joy. I, I laugh a lot. And that is one, you know, people are like, oh, I, I can't download it. And I'm like, download it. You'll love it. It's mm. just so fun. It's Yes. You got to be careful, though. It's it's like, uh, I don't know, what's it like for me? It's 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 like uh, eating Reese's peanut butter cups, you know, like you, you, you're like, I'm just going to have one. And then all of a sudden you've had like nine. Yeah. That, that's three TikTok. hours later. You're going to yeah. pop into TikTok for four minutes. And then all of a sudden it's like an hour and a half later. And you've not done what you were supposed to do. And now it's time to go to bed. Yeah. So approach with caution. I love this from Jen on our live chat. She says, my brand is being the caring mom. Everywhere I go, people tend to tell me everything. I listen very well. I'm totally okay with it, but it's hard to put that on a resume. That from Jen. That's a great observation. In closing, is there one uh, just absolutely fatal mistake that people can use, uh, that people can make in the, in the context of personal brand? Is there one thing you see consistently or from time to time that just makes you wince? Yeah, I think people try too hard or they talk about curating the brand or uh, another word I saw is choose the personal brand for you. This isn't about choosing things or being like other people. This is authentically being yourself in the world. And when you figure out who you are and what you stand for and you can share that message, that's when the beautiful personal brands are built. And the mom, uh, there's actually a section in the uh, Power Ed course that talks about how to reposition your skills. Um, you know, a lot of people gave the feedback when we built this course that they're starting their career over, they were laid off. And so we give you tools and tips of like how to reframe your experience to make it applicable to other industries and other uh, things that might be interesting for your next career move. That was really important that that was included. So. As an instructor, what, what insight do you get uh, with regards to who takes these power ed courses? Like, are you, are you able to say, are you able to comment on who's taking the course and who's benefiting from it? Or do you see people from all walks of life? Uh, well, this is the first course I've done with Power Ed, and so I, I don't exactly know. I know we have over 400 people that have taken it, so that excites me. Do you know how the course came to be? Like, do you no. know the background? Sure. Okay, so I love this story. So uh, I started my business two and a half years ago, and Power Ed was my very first client. So you never forget your first client, right? Like, they give you... I was like, okay, I can live now. I got some money coming in. And so I got to build this brand alongside them from the beginning up. And then I kind of went away for a bit and they said, you know, we have 2000 email addresses. How do we engage these people? And so I worked alongside a colleague of mine, Ben Spencer. And we came up with this idea called the uplift where we actually went out to the crowd or these 2000 people and asked them what kind of course would be helpful for them right now to move them through this part of the pandemic. And the biggest mistake I see with brands is they push out and they assume what people want instead of asking. So that was so exciting to me is that we actually went out to the people and said, hey, how can we help you? And we're going to create this course for free and give it back, like just 
of goodwill, like, because we want to help people right now. And that was really what the basis of the Power Eye brand was built onto. So I love that we got to bring that to life. And then there is this vulnerability of putting out into the world and thinking, will anyone even respond? Will we get any answers? And we had over 166 entries. And then we called it down to our top three and went to a vote. And, um, you know, help getting help with personal brand was the number one thing that people wanted to learn about. So then we went and built the course in 90 days and delivered it because we wanted to prove that we could turn education or learning around quickly. It didn't have to take years to build. And so that was part of the, the process, too. Of how could we deliver this in a timely manner for people? So I'm really proud of how this came to be. And now that it's out in the world and and people get to to learn more. So Well, I suspect you're going to see a bump in enrollment uh, once this podcast drops later today. Uh, Lori, and even from people watching right now, I know that there's interest in it. Uh, thanks for the insight. I really appreciate this. I was I was kind of I mean, I, I guess I have like a sort of a working familiarity with the idea of personal brand for obvious reasons but with regards to elevating it and the tools to keep in mind uh, i think everybody benefits from these insights and so we appreciate your time thanks for doing it yeah you're so welcome you have a wonderful personal brand and so it is the team you work with like it's Mm. been seamless everyone's been super supportive and helpful and so uh, i think you're just building something awesome there and keep going all right well i'm happy to hear that sam and sarah passed the test and we'll be able to keep them on (laughs) That's good. Wonderful. That's good news for everybody. <laughs> That's Lori Kello, a marketing and branding expert uh, based out of Alberta. And of course, uh, she's part of this Athabasca University free Power Ed online micro course. You can learn more about this uh, Power Ed course and, and Power Ed in general. Right. Like we've been telling you about Bitcoin Academy. That's another example of one of our partners that are working with Athabasca University. That's Canada's online university. Check out their website. I'm showing it to you right now. AthabascaU.ca. You can check out how AU works and then you can browse their programs and courses. And this is where you can just punch in keywords like you you might be interested in in one course to learn a little bit more about something or or perhaps you're interested in like pursuing an undergraduate degree, for example. Maybe you want to go with a bit more of a significant commitment maybe maybe you're looking for i don't know a bachelor of commerce maybe you want to take a look at the programs that can help you get your business career started as an example look at this a quick search is going to give you all of the different options how cool is this bachelor of commerce and indigenous business bachelor of commerce and hr management finance marketing they've got it all and of course power ed presented by athabasca university at athabascau.ca you know, another partner of ours that we're really proud to do business with is Grand Dog Essentials Quality Raw Food. What more can I say? Uh, you know, we feed quality raw food from Grand Dog to our dogs, to our family members. And that includes for Moses, our nine year old boxer, supplements. That's right, because he's moving a little slower than he used to. Don't tell Moses. You know, he's still uh, prancing proudly through the neighborhood, but he's really benefiting from the Four Leaf Rover Green Eggs Joint and Mobility Support Supplement. We sprinkle it onto his raw food in the morning, and we notice an improvement in his health. Our quality raw food is delivered to our door every single week. That's how they'll do it for you, too. If you're in Calgary, Edmonton, or Central Alberta, the promo code REALTALK gets you 10% off your first time order at granddog.ca and at sherwood dodge they've got the ram 1500s you're looking for i've been telling you i've been driving around this 1500 longhorn edition i had no idea 
It had been like a year or two since I sat in a brand new pickup truck. It looks like a Tesla in there. It's got this unbelievable screen, the technology, and of course, the performance you would expect from the four-wheel drive truck that has been named back-to-back-to-back truck of the year by Motor Trend. It's the Ram 1500, and they've got a whole bunch of them for your perusal. You can even check out their inventory online at Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge. Just link under the Sponsors tab on our website, ryanjesperson.com. Sarah Hoyles and I both uh, noted this email yesterday to talk at RyanJesperson.com, the one from Andrew Lee, uh, the subject line, am I the asshole? Uh, Those are the types of emails that get our attention immediately. And uh, Andrew wrote in to say, if you're you're looking for a lighthearted, unscientific, unofficial Twitter poll, I'd love to hear from real talkers on a question that's been bugging me for all eternity, uh, but especially recently, considering all the snow that we've gotten when the roads are parked partially snow covered is it more correct to follow the tracks or the pavement markings andrew says i'm a pavement marking guy myself but i've gotten so many dirty looks lately it begs the question am i the asshole that from andrew who encourages us to keep up the great work well andrew right away we said we're on it and so i ran this twitter poll and we said it's a great question submitted uh from real talk subscriber andrew and roads are partially snow covered is it better to drive in the tracks that are made by the cars or per the painted lines now we've we've got less engagement on this one than we do on the why is everybody pissy poll we've got just under 800 votes on this one so far And so far, three quarters of respondents are actually wrong. Three quarters of respondents, 75% say it's better to drive in the tracks made by cars. While 25% of respondents, one in four, say it's better to drive per the painted lines. Now, we did a little bit of digging, and it turns out that in the course or in the in the unlikely and and hopefully i mean certainly undesirable uh scenario of a collision the vehicle that was traveling per the painted lines would for all intents and purposes be deemed as the correct vehicle the person in the correct scenario i don't know how our my two team members here voted on this poll sam maybe we'll start with you uh when roads are partially snow covered is it better to drive in the tracks made by cars or per the painted lines what would you have voted or did you vote uh, have not voted. My answer is per the painted lines. However, I would like to note something that I actually saw on Twitter that uh, former guest uh, Urban Planner Brent Todrin tweeted yesterday, pointing out the fact that every time there's a fresh snow, it reveals how cars actually use the road and yes. not how they're intended to. Yes. And it's a really good picture on how we could rethink street space to work better. So I think that that's just like, that's a real interesting insight to dig into. Totterin always finds ways to take the conversation smarter than when it currently resides, right? Hoyles, are you a per the painted lines driver or are you a per the established routes? In other words, where people are actually driving through that snow. Well, I would ask you, you know, uh, do you feel comfortable like when you're, when you're driving and maybe the, the, the big snow banks are, you know, making the roadway smaller? Yeah. And so there should be two lanes there. Do you want to go into that snow bank? No. There, I mean, here, first of all, veteran move, answering a question with a question. Um, I will say this. It is the correct approach to drive per the painted lines, but the practical approach in my mind is to drive in the tracks. See, I think it's safer to drive in the tracks because that's where, I mean, I don't drive a big, massive, I mean, they're lovely 
everyone, lots of people have them, pickup truck. Um, I have a little car and I can't just barrel through snowbanks. I can't do it. And so hey, Hoyles, I, we know you have a luxury car. We know oh, you have a luxury car. You have the, you're, you're the only staffer. Uh, you're the only team member at Real Talk that drives a German luxury car. And so we understand that you, you, you have a different scenario. That's true. No, it's a little car that doesn't use a lot of gas. It's an electric hybrid. So I'm trying to do my little piece, my little part in the world, and I can't battle snowbanks. I can't. So I, I have to stay. And I hate when big old jerks come rearing up beside me and are like, move over, get in the painted light. I'm like, I can't. And if I try, I'm going to slide into you and wreck your beautiful big ass yeah. SUV. Yeah. I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, if you look at who's always in the ditch, it's, it's, I mean, I don't actually mean this, but it's oftentimes the people <laughs> drive, it's the people driving the SUVs that are in the ditch. Right. I mean, there's the odd like Honda Civic that's upside down and you're going, you, you probably shouldn't have been driving at that time through that snowstorm with the freezing rain. But a lot of times it's the SUVs that are passing everybody going 125 on the highway. Uh, Gilles cast his vote and then he said, wow, because you don't see the results until you vote on it. Right. That's what I like about Twitter polls. And and Jill says, well, the results surprised me. Says, I can just imagine the road rage, for example, on the QE2 highway between Calgary and Edmonton. When somebody goes from Edmonton to Calgary, driving the middle of the two lanes during a snowstorm. Idris, it's been a while since we've had Idris on the show. We got to get him back. What a beauty. Uh, Idris says, my favorite answer, it depends. <laughs> he says, seriously, though, he drives an Acura, says my NDX, MDX on winter studies uh, can climb buildings in winter. Uh, but if a little old lady in a Corolla needs the space in the only ruts that work, then your space is granted, little lady. And good luck to us all. I like that. That's the right approach. So the little old ladies in the Corollas and the talk show producers in the luxury Europe electric cars you're so terrible take the space you need tyler says if you're involved in a collision and you're following the tracks and you're not within your lane even though the lines are obscured guess who's at fault as far as traffic law and insurance is concerned tyler's not wrong and then nigel has to bring this back to hockey like everything good he says i'm not sure who's in a bigger rut is it Edmonton's drivers or its hockey team? I'm not sure who's more inept. Is it management at the Oilers or the city of Edmonton? Neither have created any traction. The city ignored the snow buildup for weeks, and now those ruts have turned into frozen peaks of frustration. I feel like Nigel deserves some sort of a prize. That was a pretty good one. He's going to write in and say, like, no, seriously, what's my prize? I can, I can write him back and say, no, I said you deserve a prize. That doesn't mean you get a prize. Well, you can have some points. Yeah, you can have some points. Thank you, Sam. What should we give him? Three points? Three sounds good. That feels like a we'll three. it to the leaderboard. That feels like a three-point win right there for Nigel Butterfield. Thanks for chiming in. You know, every Wednesday, it's our absolute pleasure to, to take a second. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter how, how pissy people are feeling. You know, to reference our leadoff story out of the gates today, sometimes we just need to remind ourselves that life is always better in the mountains. This is a feature that we present in partnership with Tourism Jasper. We call it My Jasper Memories. And of course, we told you last week about some of the changes that are underway as a result of the Omicron variant and everybody's going to be responsible out in Jasper. So it means that some of the festivities around the annual celebration that is Jasper in January have changed a little bit. And so, well, you know, the street party and the fireworks are canceled and the After Dark concert series is canceled. They've postponed the wine in winter event. They've postponed the whiskey, wine and hops event. I can't wait for that coming up in April. There's still a whole lot of stuff you can do out there. 
And of course, everybody's getting out and enjoying Marmot Base and the conditions right now. Fantastic with all this snow. You can keep a lot of distance between yourself and everybody else and get those gulpfuls, those longfuls of fresh air, powder just smacking you in the face, the whooping and hollering that comes with a perfect run off your favorite chair at Marmot Basin. What about skating out on one of your favorite lakes out there? What about what about getting out and, and maybe doing a sort of like a dog sledding trip or, or perhaps a walk through Moline Canyon? There's still a lot of ways you can get outside and you can still adhere to the public health restrictions and and really enjoy the magic that is Jasper in January. We thought this week it might be fun for for us to share some of our favorite Jasper memories. And Sarah, I know it, it seems like you and I have known each other uh, for coming up on a year now, and you strike me as it seems to me like anytime you have a chance to get out there, you are gone. You are all about the mountains. I am all about the mountains, but I mean, like I've been indoctrinated from birth because my family has been going out there way before I was even around. My dad actually started the Jasper volleyball camp. What? Uh, out there. Yeah. And so he's been, I mean, since we were little kids, we would go out there summer, winter, we'd ski at Marmot. We'd go out there in the summer and camp at Wapiti Campground. And uh, yeah, my sister got engaged and married out there. Uh, every year we do a camping trip. It's, it, it, Jasper is it. Oh, that's such a cool history. I love, I'm so, I'm such a big fan of archive photos, those black and white. I was just like, when Sam put mm. that up on the screen, I'm going, that is so cool. You, yeah. Sam, you and Kelly, I, I mean, um, I don't want to tell the stories that aren't mine to tell. But you you are heading out to Jasper for, in my mind, what's potentially one of the most special trips of your entire life. Are we allowed to talk about it? We can talk about it. So, I, like, we are, you know, we, we consider Jasper as our wedding venue. And we just we just couldn't make it work. So we're getting married in Edmonton. Then we're going to go to Jasper and just shut our brains off for a few days and soak in the mountains. But, uh, you know, the story that I actually want to tell is early, early in the relationship. Kelly lived in Prince George, B.C. I lived in Edmonton, Alberta. Jasper is almost smack dab halfway in the middle. Right. And I remember inviting this girl that didn't really know very well to go camping with me for a weekend and she agreed and what a way to get to know somebody quickly pretty much and and there was a little bit of rain in the forecast and i was panicked <laughs> and i remember texting kelly and saying like should we call it off and, and and her response was and i will never forget this it's only water what am i gonna melt Oh, and is that the moment you fell in love? Probably. Yeah, so Jasper is sacred ground for the two of you lovebirds. I love that. We were talking amongst ourselves, and, and some of the stories hit the cutting room floor. So we, we each picked one to share with you today, and there's so many more that we could share. The one I thought about, it, it kind of had like a tough beginning. Uh, it, it was right when I got fired from a pretty prominent radio gig back in September of 2020. And it, as you're numb in the beginning, like before you start putting the plan in place and before you start writing ideas on cocktail napkins that turn into the show that we're now presenting before Real Talk, I needed to go out and just just balance out my level. And so my buddy Laws and I headed out to Jasper. And in particular, we booked a tea time at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge, Canada's number one resort golf course. Uh, this is uh, 18 holes of absolute pure bliss. And this moment, I want to show you here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If you're listening on the podcast, we are huffing on a couple of phenomenal Nicaraguan cigars my favorites i believe that was after a birdie although my memory could be compromised yeah maybe it was a bogey i don't know doesn't matter the sun was hitting our face it was a beautiful fall afternoon and nothing else mattered got that fresh air got the fresh perspective came back and started planning out this 
So that's my Jasper memory that I wanted to share with you. We'd love to see or hear yours. You can hashtag your photos or your video on Twitter or Instagram using my Jasper. Use the hashtag my Jasper and our hashtag real talk RJ. And if you'd like to learn more about Jasper in January or some of the past features that we've celebrated, check out the website jasper.travel slash real talk jasper.travel slash real talk. You can go back through all of our past celebrations, all of our past features, including the best patios, what they've done to appreciate veterans, Project Habakkuk, iconic canoeing, family fun, hidden gem hikes, and so much more. I love that feature we did on the wildlife in and around Jasper. My Jasper Memories is presented by the team at Tourism Jasper. So we've got our poll up for uh, another little bit on snowy roads. I'm particularly interested to see where real talkers will land when it comes to Team Dry, Team Maddie, or We're All Pissy. Uh, wanted to let you know that we've got a couple of cool things coming up on the show, uh, including um, tomorrow, but we're not wrapping quite yet. I wanted to let you know we are going to take a look at uh, the results of our question of the week. This is presented by Y Station. We're going to get into this tomorrow. Our Patreon supporters already have the top line report in your email inbox so keep an eye out for that this is your prognostications hundreds of you chimed in to let us know what you're expecting to see in 2022 including the biggest news stories who will be the biggest news makers Uh, what are some of the stories that are flying under the radar right now that you think are going to become more prominent plus who's going to win the super bowl and the stanley cup and and all those goodies Uh, we're going to review those and and we're also going to be getting into some important conversations uh, about kids COVID and the mental health implications of going back to school. Before we wrap today, though, I wanted to let you know that, you know, for for some folks, this pandemic has been such a kick in the teeth on the employment side. And we know that there are so many skilled and talented tradespeople out there that are just looking for an opportunity. And that's why Jake and the team at Kubi Energy wanted us to remind you that they are hiring right now. They're looking for inside and outside sales personnel. They're hiring up to 10 electricians and they're looking for electrical apprentices as well now listen jake wanted me to reiterate to you if you're not yet a certified journeyman electrician but this is something you really want to do they're looking for the best people they want to add teammates that want to learn teammates that want to contribute that want to grow their career within the company so if you're looking on the sales side or you're looking on the actual technical install side now could be the perfect time for you to get in touch with the team at Kubi Energy. They're starting their spring hiring right now, and you'll find them online at kubienergy.ca. A big shout out to our friends there. I know that this is a huge opportunity. Jake's story himself is such a good one. Came out of oil and gas, started this up, and business in sustainable solar energy is booming. If you happen to get on with Kubi, Based on hearing about it here, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe we'll get an email like eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks from now from a real talker who says, that was the show. That was the advertising that changed my life right now. Talk at RyanJesperson.com is how you can get in touch with us. So tomorrow's show will be a good one. We promise you that. We're going to get into conversation about kids and mental health. We know that that's a super important one, of course. Oh, and by the way, if I say keep fit, and have fun. Who do you think of? The answer's obvious. Hal and Joanne will join us tomorrow. They require no further intro than that. I can't wait for it. In the meantime, make it a great day, friends, and thanks for supporting Real Talk. We're gonna let you up.
Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, editorial producer Sarah Hoyles, technical producer Sam Brooks, managing director Josh Dunford, account coordinator Tanya Franklin, merchandise operations Katie Cook-Chivers, website design Mike Johnston, voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Julie Rohr, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Salto, and Nakota Sioux, home to Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is the flagship property of Relay Communications Group Incorporated, all rights reserved. For more, check out ryanjesperson.com.